Today on the show, Radical Ones, it's 1982's The Sword and the Sorcerer, as we continue our sword and sorcery summer. Leaving behind a wake of ungodly death, disease, and destruction. It's time to get radical. Something really special that I've been promising to show you. What would you do to get him? Grab him and take him. Take him. Like that. Hey, look! Dungeons and Dragons ride! adventure new for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! You must find a champion, full of heart, and pure in spirit. Champion? What champions? Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with everyone's favorite brother and mine, David, for the next chapter in Sword and Sorcery Summer. Welcome back, David. Thank you, thank you. I am very excited for this movie. This was your pick, actually. This was one yeah, of the ones... honestly, it's one that I remember from my childhood. It's not one that I can honestly say that I've watched numerous times, but it, it made an impact on me. And for some things, not for good reasons, but um, for other things, yes. So that said, I hope that everyone is enjoying our summer of swords and sorcery. I'm feeling very magical at the moment. I'm getting a kick out of it, David, because this definitely is a genre. I'm noticing the staples of each movie, things that definitely come up in, in, in a lot of the films. And funny enough, I had never seen the ending of this movie this is now this is a throwback when i was younger i had a friend and we watched this i found it the dad had it on vhs like copied evidently and we were trying to do a mystery science theater like spoof we were recording the tv with the camcorder with like little cutouts in front of the tv and we were watching this so this is how i saw this movie and we never finished it because it was whatever so i actually saw the end of this movie now so this definitely was an adventure Listen now of a time long past when sorcery thrived and wild adventure was forever in the offing. deadly sorcerer is called out of nightmare by a ruthless king driven into evil and a mystical sword is forged for a mighty warrior who rises out of legend to topple a kingdom the sword and the sorcerer Power. 
Cromwell's bride. And Cromwell's breast! Tell me why! A titanic struggle between good and evil that determines the fate of an entire dynasty. Dungeons and dragons, serpents and splendor, wizards and witches, danger and desire. The mightiest of all heroes in the greatest of all adventures. The sword and the sorcerer. David, this is described as a mercenary with a three-bladed projectile sword who rediscovers his royal heritage when he is recruited to help a princess foil the designs of a brutal tyrant and a powerful devil-like sorcerer in conquering the land. Rated R. So, can I ask you something? Did you, in fact, see all of the gratuitous nudity when you were doing this? Yes, and I was I was having a heart attack because I was so innocent, and of course, my friend was- Was in his- Glory, glory, glory days, but- So you were like, ew, oh my god, there's breasts. Yeah. Did you clutch your pearls? I probably was clutching them, and I was just like, oh, please get them off, get them off. <laughs> no, oh you. my goodness, that's terrible. <laughs> Actually, I found the women's breasts in this movie to be quite perfect. Ample? <laughs> Listen, if I had breasts, I would want them to look like some of these ladies. I mean, I- I I've lost some of mine because I've been losing weight. So, you know, my natural. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This is actually one of the trivias I have. So let's bring this up now. Catherine Beller, who plays our female lead, the producers threatened her to do nude scenes or be blackballed in Hollywood. But the director said to ignore them and he shot her scenes fully clothed. I that's do love man. that. Who was the director? That was, that's a good man. The director is Albert Poon. If I'm saying that wrong, but he P Y U N, yeah. Pune? 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 Are you pretending to shoot people? Pune, 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 pune. But he actually was known for these movies. He did a whole string. He did Cyborg, which was supposed to be the sequel to Masters of the Universe, the movie that turned out they scrapped everything and made it Cyborg. He did this series of low-budget films called Nemesis, which I've never seen. Evidently, there was like five or six of them. And he did a sequel to this movie, which we will get into after we talk about it more 30 years later on the Sci-Fi Channel, probably. Know you now of days long past the time when the world was young starts off with this kingdom and this villain of the movie played by richard lynch titus cromwell basically kills the king who david i don't know about you but i called him medieval abraham lincoln this was king richard the father he was giving me quaker man realness he was giving me like <laughs> pilgrim <laughs> slash amish fantasy realness amish amish in all honesty he kills the oldest son and then there is a queen a daughter and the other son the younger son named Talon left if I die it will fall upon you to avenge me do you understand Talon So it turns out that the mother's killed, the king is killed. David, whatever happens to the daughter? Because a few points I'm like, wait, is the blonde woman who got her tongue cut out really the daughter? But no, it's never said. So the sister kind of just disappears. I mean, it's never brought up. I really don't know. I don't know if she was sold into slavery, if she was killed, if she was part of the, the group of concubines that that's what i was thinking too like that end up like freeing the prisoners at the end so what happens is they end up taking over the kingdom talon disappears with his tri sword which is what the father gave him tell me this is not legend of zelda well i love the sword and i want a replica of it just like you have the replica of the sword of omens <laughs> like a really heavy metal one that you've stuck in the ceiling by accident <laughs> so 
basically, this is a tale as old as time, and I don't mean Beauty and the Beast. This is a, a man that is desiring power at any cost. So there's one, basically, one kind of kingdom that's a holdout that's very prosperous, that they live in harmony, basically, that the people are not treated like garbage or like slaves. The people love to be there. They defend the kingdom. This Cromwell has been trying to acquire this kingdom for its wealth and prosperity for years, right. seems like, but he's never been able to because of the strength of the people, basically. They have a big army. They stick together. So he recruits a sorceress to resurrect an even more powerful demon sorcerer. And his thought is he will use this sorcerer to conquer his enemies, which is very, very interesting because it's like it's like me going and resurrecting Mumra and expecting him to play nice in the sandbox. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, right, it doesn't make right. any sense to me, but at the same time, he did, the sorcerer did kind of obey Cromwell for quite a while. And I don't know if he was just waiting for his time to take control. So anyway, you can go on with the story. In the Instrum, the sorcerer, we think, is killed. And I will get into that. Well, then you shall sleep. Forever. <laughs> We cut to 11 years later. Cromwell is in charge of this kingdom, and he's plotting this thing where he's going to invite all the neighboring, I guess, villages and kingdoms, and then kill everyone all at once at this, like, wedding. Yes. Basically, there's this group of great rebellion rebels that are going to try to fight against him. Together, we and my friends of the Great Rebellion strive to free Etheria from the evil forces of... And then it turns out that Talon, the son, who's now like this mercenary, just so happens to be back in town. It's not really ever, you know, mentioned. The sword, a matter of fact, is not brought up until again, until the end of the movie, the tri-sword. So this is basically the plot of this movie. Then you have... While Cromwell has already taken possession of this kingdom years later, he has this plot to kill off all the kings so he can acquire everything and be like, this is like the Roman Empire, basically. He yes. wants everything, and it's all for him. So he goes and aids the power of this evil sorcerer. He brings this evil sorceress to this cave, and she's doing this ritual. And then this thing comes out of, like, bloody, gross water out of a casket. And this is where this actor, and what's his name again? again i'm so sorry richard lynch richard lynch always played an evil character oh always a bad guy always like merciless so he was perfect for the role he's very arrogant because he's basically telling this demonic creature thing that has these powers like you're under my control which i would have been like uh-uh who art thou titus Cromwell. So this witch brings this creature back to life, this demonic thing. First of all, this is what I remember about this movie. This is the part that I'm going to tell you I remember. The wall? The face wall? There's a, a face wall around this casket thing, and they're all faces are like crying out like Freddy Krueger when he faces Alice, and it's all those, these are the ch my children, and they're in this like thing. Bleeding. The Can oh, I just tell you something? So Cromwell basically pisses him off at the very beginning, and he says, I'll, like, basically, I'll show you my power. He's got these long fingers that turn into E.T. fingers. They all light up. And then he kills the sorceress. But here's the... This is what got me gross. She's kissing his hand and sucking on his fingers. Okay. Like, like she's eating ribs. And let me tell you something. That was disgusting. And I that's what I remember from this movie at first because it's the most disgusting thing. Oh like, that, oh, like licking and sucking on this, this E.T. fingers. So that was my note. I was going to ask you, was she licking off his fingers? But I wrote they were, it was very half-heartedly, David. Like this actress, like you, I know she's meant to be sucking these fingers, but she kind of was just doing it like, uh, like it, around it. Like she was faux licking it. So she didn't really get up in on that. But well, she reminded me of like the witch from Pirates of the Caribbean a little bit, but like a little skankier. And he rips out her heart, by the way. And she's like, I'm a follower of you. I worship you. You're my god or whatever. And he, like, rips her heart out, basically to show his power to Cromwell. Exactly, which still doesn't do anything for him. As thou can see, my art is powerful. Please forgive me. I will be referring to this demon as Shusha. Shusha! 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 
not the Brazilian pop star, but Shusha is all I heard, David. It's Shushia. All I kept hearing was Shusha. So I kept thinking of Shusha from Brazil. Hello, Cadu. This is what I don't get. He ends up coming back. It's actually revealed that he is inside this like double agent guy who who's good, bad, good, bad. He's playing everybody. It turned out to be Shushia. But in the beginning, he literally stabs him, Richard Lynch. He stabs him and Shusha Shushia just runs off the mountain and kills himself, you think. I said, this is I, I was like, what? After all of this? So let's go back. So there's a point where the the, the this Susho or whatever his name is, Jojo whatever his name is, <laughs> Jojo comes and he basically fulfills what Cromwell wants him to do. He basically helps him overtake the kingdom, this prosperous kingdom. And when Cromwell has has no more use for him, he stabs him in the heart and then he does jump off a cliff, it seems like. Like and, the dog in Friday the 13th, who just and then and then the it's like, He's like, Cromwell's like, ah, alright, he's done, moving on. So there is this sister and brother duo who claim to be the rightful heir of the kingdom, which is funny because the hero of the movie, Talon, basically the, the 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 son of the the original king is never exalted to that position so there is a point where it's basically alluded to that the brother and sister duo were the children of the highest consort or the highest like leader oh. that's up with the king like the vice president basically i think that's why they are the next because they're assuming all the regular original royal family has been killed including talon so they are the next in line to be. Oh my god, I thought they were Anastasia-ing it and pretending to be the son and the daughter. It was Meghan Markle? It was Meghan Markle! I honestly thought that for a minute. I mean, I knew they were good, but I kind of thought they were trying to, like, project that this was the heir, because it is a brother and sister duo, and you keep thinking, is the sister gonna come up? Is this, I mean, I kept saying, is the sister gonna come up? Clearly she wasn't, she wasn't it. But Talon had no care about being, it was not even mentioned, right? Like, nothing was inherited he just even at the end of this movie it was just kind of like this guy's becoming king and i'm gonna become this mercenary stay this mercenary early on david when talon is still a king he gets an arrow piercing his hands like a stigmata-esque area and then later he's crucified again tell me how this man can continuously get his hands stabbed crucified stuck to things and then he's able to wield swords afterwards like it's amazing oh 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 it's magic (laughs) you know 11 years later, Talon back with his wig. I mean, that was a wig, if anything, right? That was some hair. It was like almost like a cartoon character of a barbarian wig. So this actor, if I remember correctly, was Lee like... Lee Horsley. Lee Horsley was the... Well, in the movie, it should be called Lee Hor- Horley, because he's with these wenches all the time. Oh, I can't wait to bed you, wench. So... <laughs> A few things that that stuck out for me with the movie. There was a lot of gratuitous nudity. It's very much of the time where, again, women are completely like property. They are used as prostitutes and abused and property and degraded. You know, this is like, even this is like the theme. Like all the movies that we pretty much have done for the most part. Clash of the Titans. Even Legend with the, with the prince. Legend. You know, all of these are the same thing. Women are like a commodity and basically used and they have no rights or no say in anything. So, and that's something that is very indicative of all these period pieces. So, like all these period pieces, Game of Thrones and all these different things, that's thing that that's definitely something that struck me. The gratuitous frontal nudity, you know, up up top there, the breasts. Those beautiful breasts, evidently. <laughs> I thought they were great. God bless them. You know, it's funny because if I was a young actress, let's say back in that day, I guess the pressure to do that sort of thing would be. Mm-hmm. How do I put this? This is going to sound like ridiculous in a way, but you know how like remember like when. Tiffany went topless, Playboy? like yeah, and Playboy and whatever. Like she already had a career. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like yes. I would want to be 
extra number three, female concubine number three, showing my breast in a movie for 20 minutes, and that's all I'm ever going to do in my exactly. filmography. My filmography is basically your titty girl number three in a low-budget <laughs> Jason and the Argonauts movie. You know but, what if I mean? you, but if you are... At least you're captured in your glory days as a 19-year-old pair of breastuses. <laughs> you can't even say the word, but breast. It was me. Mother, they're called breast, and every woman has them, sissy spacek. They're not dirty pillows. So anyway, that's what hit me. They tried to make this character out to be like Jesus, which, eh, I, I didn't, I wasn't jiving with that. I have to say the actor, if I remember correctly, which I was trying to, I was going to say earlier, the actor is like, was almost like a Tom Tom Selleck, Burt Reynolds, <laughs> sort of like alternative, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like you had you had Marilyn Monroe and then you had Jane Mansfield. So that's like kind of like, but he's a very attractive man and I would not, I would not kick him out of my bed back in the day. He was very good looking, but something turned me off because he almost reminded me of Britney Spears' current Sam. Something about his face reminded me of him and I'm like, oh. The chiseled face? Don't let him marry you into take your name over i have to ask you a question that scene where he's agreeing to rescue her brother right what is her name princess alana you know they make this deal she'll say what anything for one night oh anything for one night oh my god you got one night only one night only you better get it all in on that night because this is never happening again so did he and i'm not even saying this to be funny he's eating some kind of food right he's he's eating all this food at one point he lifts the table up his hands are on the table david so this only means to me that he lifted the table with his penis yeah that's a small threat that's a very small threat. He did, right? Because she's talking about having sex in his will or something. So the, so the thing is, is that this movie, again, is of that vein. It's like a swashbuckler. It's like the Three Musketeers. The funny part is that there's a lot of treachery in this yes. movie, but there's a lot of comic relief, too. There's that, like, very comedic, like, scenes where, you know, it's almost like watching a Jackie Chan sort of movie, like, where there's serious karate going on and fighting, but at the same time, then he grabs like a fire hose and does these weird maneuvers and dances and gets everybody. So it's basically like that as well, where yeah. something like Clash of the Titans, there really was nothing funny in that movie. It was always dead serious. Everyone was going to die. There was light moments, but it wasn't like... No, it was serious. It was an it epic. It wasn't buckler where someone's swinging from a flag thing or anything like that. Which actually happened at the end of this movie. He even does the Princess Leia Luke Skywalker slash Robin Hood slash Pirate yeah, swinging across the thing because he says, kingdoms to save and women to love. I honestly feel like a lot of times with the medieval movies, I like to call them random people movies because I find a lot of characters in these movies, and this happens in low-budget movies too, I feel like. They have so many characters that just appear without any kind of like... Development. Deve exactly. Murphy Brown guy that was there randomly. The guy from Murphy Brown. There's so many characters and they kind of just throw them at you and like you're supposed to know who these people are like and this happens a lot with i think fantasy movies early 80s movies and low budget movies i don't know if it's just part of the thing there's so many warriors they just come in and out and it, no one's developed not even the hero particularly he grows up but he doesn't even get the kingdom back like we were saying earlier i really don't think he wanted it so let's kind of get back to the plot so cromwell kind of crushes the rebellion Yes. You rebel scum. Yeah, Alana's going to be forced to marry him the, with this wicked plot that he has to kill off all the other kings and kingdoms so that he can acquire at them. At this banquet. At this banquet. And that's when we... We see that, like you said, even the wedding vows he's doing, it was, you will serve, you will be a slave, you will do everything for your husband, you will do this, you will do that. And she's kind of just like, You will oh. be the mother of his children, you will do what he says, yeah. It was every, wasn't it a list of everything? And the woman's just kind of like, oh. And this is when Talon's crucified at their banquet. I gotta say in my best Blanche Devereaux voice, this is, um, this movie should have been called Men in Chains. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so there's some things to note 
first of all, for me, I was actually happy that the kings of the other kingdoms that came to the kind of force to Cromwell's wedding did realize that Talon looked just like this beloved king that this kingdom. So they, they actually were referring to him as his father. So they assume yes. you can assume that they think it's a relative of his or a son of his or a reincarnation. I don't know what they were thinking. That hair. They saw that wig and they're like, mm, mm-hmm. They're like, but he's not wearing, he doesn't have the Quaker. <laughs> he's not wearing, his soul patch is gone. <laughs> I like that fact. I like the fact that Sersha, Sorsha, whatever his name is. It's unbelievable. Who puts magic in the air? And spreads her laughter everywhere. She's the one with fun and games. This is not what's shouting name. She'll treat you like a special friend and make the whole world smile again. He's in this facade as a human being. He also wants to acquire Alana as some sort of a concubine or slave. So as this is all going on, they're fighting. The concubine women basically are also for the rebellion. They end up breaking the men out of prison. Some of them are tortured and killed, unfortunately. The blonde, who I thought was the daughter or the sister, she had her her tongue cut out and she still wouldn't, you know, they were like, give us the secrets or whatever. And she still wouldn't. She was like, no, I got to give it to that woman. Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So the battle is going on. The good guys, this ragtag group of people that are part mercenary, part men for hire, part villagers, whatever, all mixed up. People that were left in the... Anywhere, right? They were in the the restaurant. In the dungeon for no reason or whatever are all freed and they're fighting. There's the ending fighting scene where Talon is pulls his hands off of this this crucifix how how i will say something though ryan so in christianity the crucifix is defined as you know the up and down there's the long part and then there's the cross i would think from what i've read that true crucifixions were based more on the x yes the four winds as we talk about in thundercats and i don't know why i'm going into this because this is really kind of nothing to do with it but they would have had to have put the spike through the actual bone in the the, right, the, the wrist, arm right? the hand because the hand would have torn and, and they would have torn with him ripping this nail out of this well anyway room. this is the fantasy part of it so you find out that this advisor to the king who's like a double agent grabs Alana because he actually betrayed them at one point and then he's, she's like no no I didn't betray you come with me double betrayal so there's also a part where Alana is so funny in this because every time a man tries to get at her she tries to seduce him and then she knees him in the crotch she knees him in the balls and yes! <laughs> she did it to cromwell she did it to one of these guys that was guards that like grabbed her when they were like getting the people from the rebellion and capturing them and she tries to do it to this guy who she thinks is a guy some sort of duke or something that nothing happens to him because he's a ken doll underneath there he's he's got his et fingers oh he does that. they light up his little manicure he kind of reminds me of roger from america can dad the alien part that part i don't know mud person i don't know so anyway shusha. part shusha shusha sushi rips his his fake skin off and he throws alana with his magic his magic fingers throws her across the thing where she gets knocked out and then a python starts wrapping itself around her to crush her and kill her meanwhile you have talon who's fighting cromwell <laughs> We 
we bring back the tri-sword. That shot is amazing. It's like a red background. And there's like all these battles, like people fighting. Murphy Brown guy throws him the sword and he jumps up, grabs the sword, very He-Man-like, slash any kind of, you know, warrior. And it's this red background. It looks gorgeous. We see that the, the blade actually shoots out two of the pieces. So I love that. I love that. And so, of course, this, this is the part where we have to show that we got bigger, bigger balls than the other guy. He shoots out the thing. They <laughs> say, I'm not going to shoot these at you. We're just going to go blade to blade. I'm not going to prematurely shoot my, my swords off at you, Tsusha. Yeah. <laughs> But he does stick Shusha with one of them, doesn't he? he does, but just by hand, you know, so like Cromwell eventually dies and then basically he's like, who are you? And he tells him, I'm Talon. As he dies. So it is it is a good revenge because as he's dying. Now this is where I would have spit on him in his face. I, I would have done one of those willows to glory, <laughs> you know, and Buffy, like right in your face. Take this. By the way, maybe we solved the mystery, David. I'm looking at the cast list, and there's a woman called Anna Bajorn. She's listed as Elizabeth Cromwell's whore. Right underneath. <laughs> so was I. So was Blanche. So was Rose. But underneath it, it says Christina Niagara as young Elizabeth. So maybe that blonde was the sister. It was. And it was never said, though. Because even in the synopsis, it doesn't say it. So she became Elizabeth the whore. Well, wow. At least she had I a get name. to be the whore. Like, <laughs> she had a name. Really quickly, Shusha was... Did you recognize the actor, David, underneath that makeup? <laughs> Probably not, but... Um, no. That was the bailiff from Night Court, that guy who plays Bull, I think his name was. Oh, really? Okay. That was him. And get this, much like the Wizard of Oz, he had a reaction to the makeup, and he had to get a body double because when they did that awakening in the, in the slime, the makeup of the slime reacted to his contacts and they forged to his eyes and had to be surgically removed. So he is body doubled and does voiceovers in some scenes. So I'm so glad that didn't permanently... Oh God, that's terrible. Especially for this movie, right? You don't even recognize him under there. That was one. What about David Hasselhoff as Talon? Because that is what the studio originally wanted. <laughs> the Hoff. I can't even imagine. Oh, I mean, I guess I can, but... Why not? I mean, I guess it, at then, I mean, he was a handsome guy too, but... Sadly, there was a stuntman who died during this movie by missing his target airbag. That was another thing that happened on the movie. Wow. A video game adaptation for this movie was made for the ColecoVision system in 1983, but it was never meant beyond a prototype stage. But now, thanks to the internet, you can use some kind of emulator and play the demo that's one part of the internet i love when you're able to rescue things that have never seen the light of day especially like a video game adaptation it's also crazy david for an r-rated movie there was a set of activity coloring books made for this movie looked at the pages and it is definitely this movie in coloring book form down to quizzes word searches no boobs no boobs there was also a line of action figures made two inch action figures that they said no one knows about because who was watching this r-rated movie apparently we were where were our pants <laughs> well i know i saw it on vhs you probably saw it on hbo when those late night at night when hbo turned into pornography literally straight pornography when hbo went dark <laughs> Oh, okay. So at the end of this movie, David, did you stay through the end of the credits by any chance? <laughs> Don't we have some business to attend to? I think I watched most of them, but I didn't see any kind of at the end like little little tidbit there is a slight caption at one point in the credits that says watch for talon's next adventure tales of the ancient empire coming soon cut to 30 years later a sequel tales of an ancient empire was directed again by the same director released january 24th 2012 on dvd it starred kevin sorbo and a cameo by Lee Horsley, who shows up at the end as Talon.
Alan and shoots his little blade off. So it turns out, David, that Christopher Lambert and Yancey Butler were initially announced to appear in this film, but they both do not. Radical ones, we have a whole history about Yancey Butler in our lives that has not even been brought up on this podcast, but I wish we got a little Yancey in our uh, our Sword and Sorcerer sequel. A little Witchblade? We could do a little thing on Witchblade for you. We could actually do a Witchblade thing. First off, they said it is a typical, think of a sci-fi made-for-TV movie. Think of how bad a low, low low-budget movie could be. They said it's boring, dialogue, nothing happens, and basically it's a movie about a vampire queen that they have to try to fight, and... Talon has unofficially fathered a huge set of daughters, evidently, and one son who happens to be Kevin Sorbo. And one of the daughters, who's now a princess, is going on a quest to gather all the kids to fight against this vampire queen. And they said basically nothing happens and it's a waste of time, but there was a sequel. There you go. Well, I mean, we've talked about this quite a few times. It's like, is it worth doing it because mm-hmm. is it is it going to tarnish whatever the movie was or is it like an homage and you're like happy that it happened you know what i'm saying so like cats the movie no 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 thank you don't ever do it you ruined and i'm not that i even was into cats the the musical <laughs> in general but i mean like those are one of those ones that like nope shouldn't have done it nope nope Or if you do it, you don't do it exactly like, you don't do it like a stage production. You have to change some things for a movie, I think. So there's stuff like that. And then there's other things where you're like, okay, you know, wow, this is, this was good. Or this was a good sequel. I mean, sometimes the sequels are better than the originals. You know what the problem is? I think low budget movies in the 70s and 80s and even 90s have have more, have a charm exactly, but also somehow could still look better than well, I think I think that the overuse of CGI and other technologies make it so like un un I don't know what the word I'm looking for unauthentic because yes. like so my kids put on the dark crystal which they really weren't oh. interested in they only put it on for a little while but everything was puppets animatronics and there had to be attention to detail to sell it even though you could, you knew that they were not real but at the same time it brought out the your imagination so it brought out your imagination and you could almost feel like those characters were real even like the never, the end, never ending story things like that really really made you use your imagination and those things became real but when I see CGI and bad effects unless you're watching sharknado just because you know that's what you're going to expect i'm serious that you know then then that's one thing but i don't you're right because there is a charm there is a charm with clash of the titans i actually personally loved clash of the titans the original more than i ever liked the new one. Oh, me too the new one was horrible compared to as far as i'm concerned and so that's and they made those- a sequel to that too they made a sequel to the clash of the titans remake but yeah i agree you can't compete with that charm david it's actually i'm looking at the budget for this movie it was only four million dollars and it grossed by the way 39.1 million so holy crap so then it wasn't really a failure no not a failure but a cult classic because of course it is not highly reviewed i can say too that it's not the best no of course not of course not fantasy movie but yeah i i just think anybody that based on our podcast decides to watch i'm going to tell you the first 15 minutes is not going to really pique your interest well that that sorcery scene is kind of cool well yes they're like i maybe then it's the first 10 minutes something to that the first 10 to 12 minutes you're like okay this is all right but then you kind of get invested into it and then i think the movie then at that point goes like you'll you'll watch it till the end and not feel like it's dragging or lacking right, right. It, it basically does maintain a certain standard even if it's quote-unquote a lower standard it does maintain a standard throughout the whole thing where when we did legend we talked about how choppy and weird it was for, for me especially at the end so that's funny david because it turned out we mentioned something like that, but there's like about three or four different cuts of legend. And I would know. This is hysterical. So David, why don't you tell what happened? So we recorded the episode. Days have passed. <laughs> and then I you know. we're talking. We're talking. So if you if you listen to that episode, <laughs> Legend with Tom Cruise and Tim Curry. Tim yeah, well, of course Tim Curry. Rob's thirst trap, devil <laughs> Tim Curry. So Ryan and Rob are talking this whole time, I'm bashing this princess who, and I found her to be a little uh, lacking. 
Yeah, like in a way because I felt like she was a little entitled and she was very mischievous and it wasn't and she wasn't so innocent and pure, whatever. So they're talking like we get it, you sing, bitch, or something like that. And I'm like, That was me. I'm terrible. So lo and behold, me being I know maybe some of our listeners don't think we're as professional as we could be, but me being (laughs) actual professional, I just went along with the whole thing and was engaged. So they're talking about how many times can this woman sing? She's singing over here. She's singing to Jack. She's singing to the unicorns. We get it, bitch. You sing. And I'm like, thinking to myself, what is going on? What are they talking about? So I'm going through this whole thing and I'm like, and you know, listen, I'm a father of four. I don't get any sleep. I do have trouble sleeping to begin with. And I'm thinking to myself, did I literally, did I go into the matrix? Was this the, the Mandela effect or something? Because <laughs> I never heard, I heard music, very beautiful music throughout the whole oh movie. God. Like the score was really nice and really great. I never heard this woman sing once. And I'm thinking to myself, why do they keep saying that she's singing? Yeah, we get it that you sing. And they're so annoyed by her annoying singing over and over. And I, and I even made the comment, what is she, Martika? Like from Toy <laughs> Soul? Like that would be that time of that era. Shout out to Kids Incorporated, Fergie. Anyway, lo and behold, we talked about it. And Rob and Ryan watched the European version, which has this actress singing throughout this whole thing. And I watched the American version, and there is no singing at all in it. <laughs> Okay, so, by the way, how are you supposed to know these things in general, right? Like, you're going for a cut of the movie, and you're, like, you expect it to be all the same, right? So, here's the funny part of the whole thing. I know that Rob and Ryan got more annoyed with this actress because they kept pushing this singing part of it. Nothing for David. I didn't understand why they were getting so annoyed with her, because I never heard her sing anything. I wonder why they chose to cut the singing in the American version. I mean, we love music here. I just thought it was the funniest thing, and he's like, "Wait a minute." I'm like, "Ryan, I don't, I don't know if there's something wrong with me, or I was distracted, or I fell asleep. I don't know, but I never heard her sing anything." And he's like, "No, no, that's not." I'm like, "I didn't want to bring it up because I felt like maybe there's something wrong with me." Because I'm like, "Wait, one, two, three. There's a soundtrack with her singing." He's like, "Yeah, there's a soundtrack and everything that she's saying." And so, lo and behold, I watched the American version. So if you go back and you watch this and if you're listening to the podcast and you say these two, one of these people is not like the other, somebody's <laughs> crazy because uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there there was singing in a certain version. So then I wonder if you had different scenes too to fill up I the prob- time of the singing. I probably did. This is crazy. And you know, it's one of those things when you get three people, on- this probably would have come up if it was maybe two of us. Yeah. Or, you know, or less people. But when, when you have three people, you kind of just go with the punches. Well, you have know? yeah, like, saying, oh, yeah, the singing, the singing. And I'm like, you know, when you have that inner dialogue, you're like, am I losing my mind? The cartoon, the lion you know. Well, yeah, like, I'm like, am I crazy? Could I be losing my mind? I never heard her sing at all. And here's the funny part. The singing <laughs> probably would have worked for me in the sense that you I thought loved she it. like, lure the unicorns in with her you melodious singing. So, uh, I I think it's pretty funny i'm like oh she sang to the unicorn and david's like nope nope she puts her hand out and the unicorn gets shot and meanwhile in ours the one we saw the european one she's singing to the unicorn which gives there enough time for them to- that's very a very strange choice to me david unless they figured that american audiences wouldn't appreciate that but uh, honestly i think that would have flew well, um, well in all honesty it's probably because this movie was a train wreck <laughs> And this, not in this, not, in, let me put this rephrase. No, I know what you mean. Behind the scenes with production and changing scripts and directors and all this other nonsense. So it, it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Maybe, the shuffle. maybe when they previewed it, the singing didn't go over well because, like you said, she sang too much. Maybe if they would have just had one scene, her singing to the unicorns as a. Because that's kind of shows that beautiful, young, innocent maiden singing to the unicorn, blah, 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 blah. So maybe that's what it is. But I wonder what was different because maybe I did see a totally different movie that is a whole other conversation then yeah that's a whole nother thing i mean una was still a horny fairy in both things una so was still she was still she was still trying to be robin i'm in the corner so anyway let's get back to the actual movie that's we're talking about i enjoyed it i remembered it if you like et getting his finger sucked if you like gratuitous <laughs> nudity scenes if you like a swashbuckler with a little bit of comedy with if you like men in loincloths 
especially, of course, Talon, very handsome man. They give you body. But I have to tell you, David, every review I've read of this movie was young gentlemen's back in the 80s discovering this movie. And all they kept saying was it had all my favorite things, swords and boobies. Like, so this is the movie's legacy. I swear to God, it's swords well, and is, And I want people that are who do listen to the podcast. So I don't want I'm not doing it as a disclaimer, but most of the movies from this genre are going to be that like very barbarian. Literally, there's barbarians yeah, that are that's what it again, is. degrading to women. Women are property, sexualized, prostitutes. Whore! Whatever. This one is Elizabeth the Whore. Elizabeth, there's there's a lot of Elizabeth the Whore. <laughs> oh, so we don't condone that, but it is just part of this genre of movies. So, and again, I don't even feel like I need to say that, but just like, so people know, like, you got to take it for what it's worth. Just like when we did um, Sugar, Sugar Hill, Hill, just like when we, we, we've talked about other, other genres there, it's, it's dated. It is what it is. It's just so you know, these type of movies tend to have these type of things in them. So it's usually like, there's damsels in distress. There's the concubine whores. And then there's like, and then you got Grace Jones and then there's Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Which, by the way, is going to be our finale episode of The Sword and Sorcery. David and I are doing. We're skipping Conan the Barbarian and we're going Conan the Destroyer because of Grace Jones. Of course, we are on this podcast. You know how much we speak our name. From Pee Wee Herman's Christmas to Vamp to God knows. Boomerang. Boomerang. We will cover them all. So our friends Robert Ebert gave it a half a star saying that it's a movie in which you don't care much about the characters. The Sword and the Sorcerer. The movie has the usual assortment of um, Sword and Sorcerer, S&S ingredients, (laughs) damsels in distress, heroic young knights, exploding magic spells, torture dungeons, poisonous Mm -hmm. snakes. To tell you the absolute truth though, Gene, half of the time I couldn't figure out what was supposed to be happening in this movie, and I don't think some of the characters were very sure either. Well, I absolutely enjoyed the film. You I did? Well, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, the, those special effects were surprising. It takes a lot these days, I think, to surprise either one of us or mm-hmm. dazzle us. Those special effects did. That wall of faces was kind of wild. Um, I thought it was cornball, the, the sword that does all the tricks. I, I found the film, though, to be redeemed by the one thing that can redeem every tired genre, every kind of movie that's tired. And certainly, this, I have no interest in seeing people walking around in sword fights. But this film, I think, had a sense of humor to it. A lot mm-hmm. of the characters say funny things. Just like the humor that, I think, uh, revitalized the action picture like um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. I think the sense of humor in this film makes it a lot better than, well, than uh, the average kind of picture. Raiders of the Lost Ark was a much better movie, though. I agree. I think that Raiders of the Lost Ark really began with the characters. Began with the characters and added the special effects. These I have a feeling that some of these movies, like Sword and the Sorcerer, begin with the production designer, the art design, mm-hmm. the special effects guy, the makeup guy. They get everything ready, then they plug in the characters. Unless the movie is about something, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I would give it a close miss, but All still, right. I just can't care that much about it. Well, there's no question. Raiders is a better picture. I don't think this is that bad. We split on the Sword and the Sorcerer, the colorful sword fighting epic. We both thought it was a great-looking movie, but I thought the images overwhelmed the story, so Gene votes yes, but I vote no. Okay, so usually I don't like them. <laughs> I know, I know. I because they're stuffy old dudes that really have no enthusiasm for anything. Again, rest their souls. I'm not, wherever you are, I'm not bagging on you, but I am. They're right, there really wasn't a lot of character development. It was, but at the same time, it to me, it's true to the genre of movies. Like, yes. you really don't know. Like, the only movie I can honestly say that you had a even a little bit of so uh, along the lines of the movies that we've been doing this summer and going to finish doing this summer the only one i can really think of that stands out for me there was a little bit of character development was the beastmaster because yes you, you find out his origin which you do in a lot of the movies but you you see listen to some of his inner dialogue I'll about about inner dialogue <laughs> yeah about himself what he's thinking there is his relationship with animals, like that even shows so you So there's something. a little bit more, I mean, it's just a little bit of a stretch. I get what I'm saying. It's a little bit of a stretch. But then there's also the, oh God, what's the character? I can't think of his name with the stick. And he is, when he's telling them to pull for their freedom, like there's, oh, there's, there yes. is some things there that are more, that mean more to me than gratuitous booby scenes. That's 
definitely, definitely. Going into this for the boobies, clearly. But I mean, for a young kid, think about that. I mean, okay, so let's be honest. We're gay. We were watching The Loincloth and falling in love with the heron because he was a good-looking guy with a ripped chest. And every other boy, straight boy, was looking at a bunch of boobies. You get both. You get you get the best of both worlds. <laughs> So, Ryan, what's the one conclusion I can bring this number to? Uh, I enjoy it. I say give it a watch if you're one of our listeners that like to watch along with us. I would say it's free on Tubi. Don't rent it because you don't. I don't know if you don't know what version you're gonna get. So no, actually that's not true. Just just with Legend, it's on Tubi for free. You get like five commercials. They're like a minute apiece. And And who doesn't want to know about Chili's latest? Or (laughs) you you can go to Westwood College. Chili's latest deals. Oh my god! So that alone. So yeah, give it a give it a watch if you're into sword and sorcery. But again, I I wouldn't say if you're waiting to watch the sword and sorcery movie, we'll get back to you by the end of the summer with our definitive answer. This is just one of many. This is just one of many. Just one stop on the journey of a summer of swords and sorcery. Truly. We are, of course, new every Friday of the month. The last Friday being that of Thundercats, which is also, of course, part of Sword and Sorcery. But we do that all year long. David, the lovely people can always find you at Universal Appeal 2020, one word, on Instagram. As well as the Radical Retro Rewind podcast, one word, on Instagram. You can also see me at PTO meeting, walking down the street, yelling at my children because they're going to run out into that street. The local harem. Is that what they're called? Harems? High school, not a harem. No, no, just... The local prostitution prostitution ring. <laughs> you could you can find me mowing my lawn and oh. possibly getting Using into a, a, a mild altercation here and there with people online because <laughs> they like to attack you for every little thing and then you just have to be like, it's not worth it. You can't steal my piece. We are very uplifting. Boobies and all. Yeah, look at that. We really handled those boobies well, I thought, really. <laughs> we like we talked about them with honor, I feel like. For the honor of Grayskull. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.